All right, Mark, do you want to tell us a bit about yourself, how you got to where you are today? And yeah, great stuff to have you on the podcast. I'm delighted to hear everything about you. Yeah, Alex, thank you for, for having me. I appreciate being on your show and uh, just a, a little bit of the history of how I got into the business and, and where it evolved for my career. Um, I actually started working for a hotel developer um, as an admin to the assistant to the president of the company. And I really had no clue of what I was doing. It wasn't really supposed to be working in the hotel. Um, I had previous experience actually as a janitor cleaning when I was, you know, coming out of high school. And, and that's where my cleaning experience really started. But what happened was this, this person that I was working for um, was renovating a hotel in South Beach. It was two buildings. You know, one was historic, one wasn't. And all of a sudden, we found ourselves without any management staff. I came to find out later on that it was a tough owner that we were working for, yeah. and, and um, nobody really wanted to stick around and work. But I'm not a quitter, and so I was told, "Hey, I, I need your help." You know, in housekeeping, we had nobody, so having some experience in, in cleaning, um, that's where I kind of started work. And all of a sudden, I found myself behind the front desk, needing to help check in and check people out. Um, night audit started calling out. So I, I found myself working almost 24 hours at a time between cleaning, between renovations, between, um, you know, learning the front desk system. And this was late nineties, yeah. right? So this was when, you know, the internet still was, uh, was a baby and there was no yeah. Google. So I couldn't search or find answers to anything. and just kind of had to, you know, hit my head against the wall and kind of do things. Um, so we found ourselves without any real management at the property and i kind of became the manager if you would of all departments yeah. we didn't have a, a chief engineer um again it was a small property of 62 rooms um going through renovations dealing with the city with the the, the you know the, the preservation of the art deco district buildings yeah. um we had a restaurant that was leased out so i had to start learning all these moving parts all at the same time yeah. And then and while learning all these things, I was also working the front desk because people would call out. So in the late 90s in South Beach, everybody was either a model or they were a club <laughs> promoter. Yeah. And so what was happening is, you know, people would call and say, hey, I have a photo shoot coming up that I have to be at. Or, hey, I have a club promotion that I'm going to be doing tonight. Or I would just have people that would call me at four or five in the morning and you would hear the music in the background. And they yeah. would say, hey, I'm not feeling well. I'm sick and I'm not going to be able to come in. So I just, I just worked and worked and worked and worked and worked. And by working so much, um, cleaning rooms, you know, dealing with the city, uh, dealing with guests, handling all these things at once, it was an education that was condensed, you know, from a, a 10 yeah, year experience. Into, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was rough. Um, I don't know how I survived it. I don't know how my family didn't kick me out. I don't know how my wife didn't divorce me. I'm just, <laughs> it was, it was tough. Um, but, you know, I, I survived and I ended up learning how to really manage, if you would, um, under fire and then stayed with that property for a short bit. Ended up getting uh, an offer to go work for another company that had 12 hotels in South Beach. Yeah, so I, I go. I went to work for them. And, and here now I had some structure to work for. You know, I, I wasn't working for the person that was signing the checks directly and handing them out to people every Friday. I was working for an organization that had some, you know, department heads and, and they actually had staffing and they had multiple properties. So I started learning a little bit more um, 
ended up managing a, a couple of upscale properties at that time. Started working in condominium hotels um, during that same time frame, and ended up getting my certification as a condo hotel manager and and learning, you know, the other side. So I, I learned a little bit of development, learned property, learned condominium aspect of the hotel world, yeah. food and beverage through the restaurant at that at some of those properties as well. Ended up uh, working for another company within that same region as a as a regional and. Then I went on to work at uh, at a couple of larger properties. One was the Mutiny, which still exists down in Coconut Grove as a, as a general manager, and then the Grand Bay Hotel, which uh, ended up getting closed and, and shut down and all that stuff later on. It's a longer story. Yeah. So I, I, I kind of learned by fire and then learned by doing yeah. and and just by working. And I was fortunate enough that as I grew into my career and had bigger properties, more employees, I had people that I had that worked with me that were knowledgeable, that had experience, and that were helpful to uh, to really, you know, let me either make mistakes and then guide me from there, or stop me from making some of the critical mistakes. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And I mean, it's like like you said, like trial by fire. I think is how a lot of I think the kind of more exceptional leaders in this space have all kind of learned their craft and learned their trade. Like, you know. I will say this, that you're not alone in that experience across the board. That's why I always like to say true for some, relevant for all. Like I think, you know, a lot of the hospitality is like born in the fire. You know what I mean? Like great hospitality and like, you know, making stuff happen out of nothing. I think that type of passion that you're clearly speaking to and kind of alluding to is what kind of, I think, honestly separates like good from great in this space. You know, like you're also down in, perhaps the most competitive hotel market probably there is as well down in Miami and like uh, making like these kind of like operations kind of like efficient and making them kind of work and profitable is like utter paramount compared to like say other cities and states that I've like speaking to in the sense that obviously everybody's obviously looking for profit but like yours is like on the razor you know what I mean like it has to happen I think you know when you talk about like say someone like how did you end up with something like like range? Because when I was looking on the website, for example, like a lot of hotels don't even seem to be in the portfolio, don't seem to be in Florida as much as it is like in South Carolina, North Carolina, and a few other states. Yeah, so I was I was actually working for the same owner that I had um, at the Grand Bay Hotel. I was a regional, and I had relocated to Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, not for the hotel business, but my wife had relocated, gone with her, and I was still working back and forth. So yeah. I was actually traveling to Miami and traveling all over the world with this guy, um, yeah. looking for projects and doing things. And I decided, you know what, I, I need to slow down a little bit. This travel is is a little bit much. I ended up, work, you know, applying for and and getting hired by a gentleman who's still a mentor to me to this day, Jason, at a at a small little branded property. Um, it was a comfort suites right in the north part of Charlotte. And yeah. when he hired me, he, he told me, he goes, you know, this is way below your skill set based on, you know, my experience level. And I said, there, there's there's nothing below anybody's skill set in hospitality, right? We're hoteliers, we're hoteliers right? A, a hotel is a yeah. hotel is a hotel. We got to deal with people, whether they're our employees or whether they're guests. And there's just different levels of needs. So, you know, whether you have a full service or not, um, it's still a hotel. And he gave me an opportunity. I, I started working with them. I, about a year later, 
they promoted me to regional director of operations. And then right around that time, my, uh, my, my wife's family started having some uh, medical issues, getting a little bit elderly, my mother as well. And we had an opportunity to return back to Miami. Um, we still had our home down here. We had rented out. So we decided, look, we're going to give notice at the company yeah. I was working for, which is HP Hotels at the time. And they said, hold on, um, you know, would you be interested in, in a travel position as a regional if you could be based in Miami? And I said, yeah, I love the company. I love what yeah. we've been doing. And if you give me that opportunity, I would love to do it. So they said, well, we have an opportunity as a regional. Um, it's going to be with uh, a, a G6 brand, which is Motel Studio 6s. And which I found out at the time that most people didn't want to be associated with that type of a brand, which is just an economy hotel. And I, and I told them again, I said, it's still the hotel business. Um, yeah. And what really solidified this for me was I was still in Charlotte. My family had already relocated. I was getting ready to come down. And then there was a hurricane in 2017. And my family said, hey, you know, are you going to be able to come down or not? So I drove down, stayed with them during the hurricane, lost power, the whole thing. I was able to get them through a contact into another hotel. Once they were situated where they had power, I turned around, and I drove back. They weren't expecting yeah. me to, to be at one of the properties. And I showed up the next morning, driving all night overnight, showed up and I said, okay, I'm, I'm here ready to work. And they couldn't believe that I was that dedicated to go and, and drive and, yeah. you know, kind of leave my family. I said, well, they're in good hands. Um, and I'm here and I have a job to do. So that, that really kind of stuck with, you know, the leadership of the company that said, wow, this guy really cares. And, and I said, yeah, I do. You know, I, I care enough that I want to be here. And that's kind of that trial by fire, right? That's, that's what we do yeah, in this business. Totally. We, we just, we uh, just do, I, you know, I was going to say it's like trial by hurricane almost, but like, uh, yeah, trial by hurricane. I, I was, uh, yeah, I was the only one driving down. Everybody else was leaving. Um, to come and see my family. And then once it all dust settled, you know, my, my house was still without power and everything. I said, well, there's nothing I could do. So I'm out. And I, and I left. So that company HP hotels was, was acquired by Reigns. Um, but prior to the acquisition, there was an opening, um, because our, our person in charge of HR was retiring. And yeah. I said, Hey, I'll throw my hat in the ring. And they, you know, Carrie Ranson, who's still the president of, uh, of operations with Reigns now, he actually um, talked to Jason and they both said, you know what, man, we, we have some ideas for this position. We no longer want HR to just be HR. We want HR to really lead the culture of the company. We love what yeah. you've done with your teams. We've seen what you've done. We want to develop that culture across the company. And that's where I ended up. So that, that brought me into the current position that I'm at with Reigns, which is um, official title, senior vice president of people and culture. I mean, that's awesome. And I mean, like you said, like what, like, I mean, we've been kind of intimating what is great culture, but I absolutely see you like embodying what that is. When you look for, you know, staff for like hotels, when you look for staff, like for GM staff, for example, like, what are you looking for in people? Like, what is the sort of, I like to say sometimes in the podcast, the sort of je ne sais quoi about somebody, sure. because I feel like I hear all the time that like service can be taught. You know, you can teach somebody how to make bed. You can teach somebody how to like run the POS, the front of like the front desk, but can you teach like hospitality? 
What is it? What is the yeah, genocide I, quality? I always, say, I always say hire the heart and train the brain. God, I love that. Um, I, I've been saying that. <laughs> for, write that down. You know, it's it's a it's a little cheesy um, mantra that I have, but I, I believe in that. You you have to hire somebody that cares about other people. Prior to getting yeah. into the hospitality industry, I was a firefighter. I was not anywhere near hospitality. I was a medic. I was a fireman in the army, um, yeah. and I took care of people. Right, and and when I got out of that and I got into hospitality, I realized that I'm still taking care of people. And if you are able to put others first, then hospitality is for you. You can reap the benefits of it. You can enjoy your life. You can have a great career. You can have a lot of fun. You can travel. You can do a lot in this business. But you have yeah. to put other people first. So sometimes you have to make sure that when you're hiring somebody, how, how strong is their ego, right? And ego is twofold. One, you have to have a strong ego because you want to be successful. You want to have a good hotel. You want to develop yeah. a good team. But you also have to be able to check your ego and say, hey, yeah. I'm a servant, right? I'm serving somebody. I'm, I'm taking care of somebody else. So it doesn't matter who I am at this point. It matters who you are. So when I'm yeah. hiring somebody, I want to make sure that they have that servant first mentality, that they care about somebody else, that they can show that, you know, somebody else comes first. Which is interesting because as the person responsible now for the whole culture, um, I mean, you guys have what north of twenty located north of twenty properties. We're we're, at, we're, we're, at, we're almost at, yeah, we're we're just about fifty five properties now. Yeah, so like that's a lot. And one of the things I always like asking people is, especially in your position in particular, is like the scaling of culture. You know, as you grow and like normalizing norms across fifty five locations, it must be the communication challenge alone must be something else. It is, you know, we, we try to have our, our, especially virtual, right? We try to have our meetings regularly. We, we try to do things where we're not just sitting down talking about, you know, your performance or what's the expectations. We're, we're talking about things that are going on in the industry, hiring practices. We're looking at, you know, what is really going on in TikTok and, and Instagram on Reels. What are yeah. people talking about in the world and how does it affect us? And we really bring those things to light because we want people to know that, hey, we're a people business. And if we're talking about everything, then we're no longer just the number, right? We actually yeah. care. And then the other part is we go out to the field. So I still travel quite a bit. Um, I get to visit properties and I actually try to interact with as many people as I can, not just the general managers, right? Usually when the yeah. corporate team goes to a property, they sit with the general manager or the director of sales, they're in an office or they're, they're walking the property and they're not really engaging. And, and our company is different. Our regionals go to the field. They actually interact with the teams. They go behind the kitchen. They, they go into the housekeeping yeah. closets. They go to the laundry rooms. And we interact as much as possible. We talk to people. We get to see their faces every time we visit. We try to do yeah. visits once a month, right? So it's not just that we're sitting somewhere in this big, fancy ivory tower, you know, giving direction. No, we're on the ground people. We believe in touching every, every property often. We don't want to grow so much that we're not going to do that. And and I think once you grow too much, then you don't become a culture-focused company. And I, I think that's where some companies go wrong is that they start losing yep. that touch because they get too busy. And and right now, I know that we're not at that point, and I don't think that we're ever going to get to that point. Uh, you know, Our focus from our company is let's continue to be a people-first organization. Yeah. Did you say that? Like a couple of things kind of come to mind. Like 
you know, it's interesting you say like being on the ground and coming in and being a frequent visitor, going in like behind the scenes and the operations. Like I was actually doing some homework on an inbound that we got onto the website. And they didn't have a, they were like a holding company. They didn't have much of a website, but they had the Google search took me to Indeed. And I was like, oh, I'll just read the open about them on Indeed. And like the reviews that they were getting on Indeed were like, they just hired me and set me and forget me. And I never saw a scene of right. from one end of the year to the next. And I was like, whoa, versus like what you're saying here, which is like, it does matter to be in person. It does matter to like get in there, know the faces and kind of give them the G up, the pat in the back, you know, the stern chat, whatever it is face to face, because you can't remove that or extricate yourself from that. Yeah, you know, at the end of the day, we're a people business. And and yeah. almost every company really is a people business if you put it in context, right? They're they're dealing with customers. You have to have customers in order to have a company. If you're not selling a product, you're not making money, then what are you doing? Even a non-for-profit still has a customer. Um, so if you if you forget that you have customers, then you've lost your way and, and you might as well close your doors. And, yeah. and we haven't forgotten that. Thank God. We're we're still people focused. We still understand that at the end of the day, everybody counts in our organization. There's not one person yeah. higher than another person. We don't like to look at it in, in terms of, you know, you're going to climb a ladder. We look at it as there's a branch of trees and everybody is involved with all aspects of it, right? Everybody should yeah. be touching guests and our guests are should be affecting what we do. So if if we don't look at it in in a in a linear way, and we look at it as a branch, um, it continues to allow us to be grounded and and really focus on what's important, which take care of our people, be good to them, be fair, be firm. But you'll get better results if that's what you're you're guiding yourself for. Do you know? And you know, I love that. You know, uh, it reminds me very much of like the New Zealand All Blacks, the rugby team. Oh yeah. yeah you know, yeah. your your tree Nazi. They're like one of their famous things is like never to never be too big to do the small things that need to be done. You know, as like a mark of humility, like it needs to get done no matter what. And your role is to get it done, whether your specific role is front desk. Like if something needs to get done in one of the rooms, like you shouldn't. That, that person should innately know. I, that also has to get done for the success of the organization as a whole. You know, you know, it's perfect that you say that. We were walking. I was with the president and senior vice president the other day, and we're and and one of the VPs of ops. We were walking in, in a property, and there was a piece of plastic on the floor. It's, it's a property that we're just staying at in another state. When yeah, we're traveling. Um, and and we picked up that plastic as we're, and it's just habit, right? We're not. Yeah. We're not beyond standing here and picking up something. You know, when we walk yeah. into properties. These are the things that we should do. And a lot of times what happens is somebody may notice it, but even yeah. if they don't, it's ethics, right? It's the right thing to do when nobody's watching. And that's what, totally. yeah. And that's what our business should be about. It's like, Hey, let's just pick this up because somebody is going to see this. And this is the impression that we're leaving. The impression yeah. is I walked down that hallway and I didn't pick it up because I expect somebody else to do it for me. Well, that's wrong. Yeah. Right. The expectation is put your ego aside and remember that we're still in the servant business. So throw your ego out the door, pick up that piece of paper and keep walking. It's actually, you know, it's amazing you say this. There's actually an episode that I recorded that I'm absolutely going to send you that isn't published just yet, but it's, uh, I, you're so aligned with this other CEO of this, uh, 
North Carolina business. I don't want to judge if I tell you offline, but you are so aligned in your ideology and your philosophy here. And it's so true. I mean, it's interesting, you know, when you see people like, I mean, like you said, it's good ethics, it's good morals, it's like good behavior. And you're trying to, the whole job is giving you a great impression. Like I, especially for people in hotels, more so than I think even in restaurants, for example, I always think of like the extreme customer service that hotels have to go through versus what, like a restaurant. For example, I had somebody on, I mean, I've had a bunch of hotel people now who said this to me, but it was like, we're chatting about like the fact that like a hotel night manager is such an interesting role because somebody shows up at three o'clock in the morning and the flight is delayed and they have a baby with them that's crying. And that night manager has to delicately manage that because if anything happens, that will just erupt. That stress of that person will just like erupt and they'll remember that versus the rest of the experience in the hotel. A hundred percent. You know, so yeah. like, and it's like, you're dealing with that impression and managing such extraordinary emotions because obviously it's a comfortable environment where people want to put their head down. And I think about that a lot in terms of like the types of people that you want to come in and hire in particular for the GM. I guess like, you know, my question to you, because you've been in the space now since like the early 90s, okay? So you've seen it all happen. Like you've seen like Miami change from, well, I guess like Miami had its 80s kind of thing, but then like, you know, in the, well, the, South South Beach, I saw the explosion of South Beach in the late 90s. Yeah, the explosion. So you South, mentioned yeah. the models. Exactly. You yeah. mentioned like the models and the photo shoots and that explosion of South Beach. And then we have 2009 financial crisis. And then we have COVID. And so like what has been sort of like as a like what, are, what do you think is like the kind of the post-COVID hotel experience? Like what are the kind of key things that you think have changed and changed for the good or changed for the worse? Yeah, you know, during COVID, we we were just lucky to have employees, right? And and most companies were saying the same thing in the service world. Hey, we we have somebody that's walking in the door. Let's hire them, and then we'll figure it out afterwards. Just because people weren't weren't working. Yeah, it's changed now. Now we have people that are applying for jobs again. Now we have people that are are coming in and looking for work. The difference is we're no longer competing with other hotels. We're competing with the Amazons and the WalMarts and the Targets of the world. We're competing yeah. with every business at every level for good quality workforce. And it's, and it's difficult. Um, I, I think, you know, what, what's happening is people in the workforce want to be recognized. They want to be, yeah. you know, thought of as a person. They don't want to be thought of as a number. They want to be heard. They want to have autonomy. You know, they're, they're used to being on their phone all the time. And, and in, in our business, if you have somebody that's on their phone facing a customer, it's considered rude. Right. So we have to kind of play that fine line of, all right, at what point do we stop them from doing a behavior that they've been accustomed to for the last three or four years? And then at what point do we enforce this policy of not having a cell phone? So it, it's kind yeah. of hard to find that, that, that fine balance and find the workforce that can actually differentiate when it's appropriate and when it's not appropriate to be on your phone, when it's appropriate to have your headset in or your ear pods. Yeah. And when it's not, because, you know, People haven't been trained for that stuff. And like I said at the very beginning, you hire the heart, you, you train the brain. So now we, we need to continue to look for people that want to take the lead and putting somebody else first. And that's hard, right? So we have to ask questions at time of interview, even if they have zero experience. Questions that lead us to understand that type of personality. And we also partner with an organization 
recently we just started called Workforce Interactive that that does a, a skill set, um, yep. emotional intelligence type thing. So we're yep. we're hoping that that's going to guide us to hire managers that have that mentality and that really want to lead in that aspect of putting their teams first. So it, it's it's really you know find people by asking the questions, not yep. about what skill set that you have, but what's experiential in terms of taking care of somebody. And we and we go back to COVID, right? The, the workforce, yeah. you know, the, the mid-20s, young-20s crowd that's coming out of school and getting into the workforce, they were locked down. You, you know, they didn't have high school prom. They didn't have college graduation ceremonies. They didn't have, you know, the the ability to be around people for a while. Yeah. So now it's like, all right, you don't know how to take care of people, but do you have that skill set inherent in you? Yeah. And that, that's what it's, we look for. Totally. And it, and it goes back to hiring the right person. So it's cool that you like have like a tool that helps you understand emotional intelligence and empathy and like figure out like the sort of personality traits on a in a more methodical, like meticulous kind of way. Because it goes back to like me asking you the je ne sais quoi question at the beginning. Right. It's like, you know, it's good culture is hard to describe, but you know when you see it. And right. it's, well, can we put a bit of science behind this in how we inform how we hire people? You know, are people ambitious? Are they driven? You know, do, like what are the things that we can see that we can then hone and like like zero in on? Because, you know, one of the things I hear again and again and again is that like ultimately uh, churn, is such a risk like a business line item risk because it's like hiring staff is so expensive and so being able to identify the right people and then being able to create an environment for which they are for doing it to unlock them to thrive seems to me like the real big learning as well from covid like i feel like i've heard from many europeans like for example one thing i've definitely heard is that like sort of like like career path opportunities are more defined now for example, like that there are like gateways and pathways for people to actually know how they're going to progress. I'll give an example. Somebody was saying to me that they own a bunch of bars and restaurants and they're like maybe like in the Midwest somewhere and they're like 50 plus locations. And they were like, before if a job opened, we would kind of like point out the person that we wanted to like take that job. Whereas now it's like people are coming in and saying, hey, where am I going to be in two years time? Where am I going to be in three years time? Like help me understand how I can get to this level. And I think it's cool. I, I honestly, I think it's cool that in, you know, hospitality, people are kind of speaking up now as well about like kind of knowing what they want. And it goes back to your point. I mean, there's just far more opportunity across the board for people and you're in a lar much larger competition for talent. Yeah. You know, one of the things that you got to consider, too, is in hospitality, especially at the management level, you know, the, the turnover rate is usually every two years. Right. That's yeah. kind of been the norm. And, and now what we're finding is it's a little bit less where people are saying, hey, I can I can jump and go to another property. I have experience now. I'm, I'm ready for my next promotion. I'm ready to go. So what we're working on and what we've put in place in some uh, some parts of our company is succession planning, right? Let's train yeah. our recruits. Let's get them ready so that when we, as we expand our, our company, as we have an opportunity, we can grab somebody who's ready to go. And instead of losing them to another organization, we're going to move them. Yeah they're willing to move and able to into a pro into a, a property that they're ready to get into. Right. We have that that's happening now. We just recently started with a hotel in Shiraz, South Carolina. We have yep. an assistant general manager from new Orleans who said, Hey, I'm ready to take on that general manager role. 
and because we had an opening. So he's actually starting there next week. Well, guess what? That's exactly what we should be doing. As we, as we train our replacements and we're ready to move on, then we have somebody that can take over. Or if we're still in, in a good spot, then we can put some, you know, put them in a good spot somewhere else. And, and if we don't do that, if we don't give them those opportunities, we don't do this for our team, then we're not really taking care of our team. So we have to get them ready, right? We have to show them that, hey, there is growth in this company. There's growth in our industry. And if you do have an opportunity somewhere else that's better for you, we're not going to hold you back. And we're not going to yeah. downplay it. We're not going to say this is not for you. We're going to say, congratulations, good job, because guess what? We also have a full circle in our industry where we work with the same people that we've worked with five years yeah. ago years ago right so why not be good why not train them educate them help them grow them and then when when we have another opportunity in a couple more years they come back even stronger having experienced yeah. something else no totally um that's awesome i guess you know like because we're coming up on time now and i appreciate your busy man work you know sure. the midday of your midday at 9 37 a.m <laughs> right uh you know the audience for this podcast are your peers across hotels, restaurants, resorts, clubs. I always like to ask a very open-ended, vague question. Is what advice would you give them? <laughs> what advice would I give for my peers is remember your ego. Remember that your ego is helpful and hurtful at the same time. It's good to have an ego. It's, it's good to want to be the best. It's good to want to be competitive. It's good to want to show everybody your, your successes and your wins. But it's also good to be humble. It's also good to remember that you're, you're not too big to pick up that piece of paper. You're not too big to say hello and good morning to everybody. You're not too big to you know, pick up the phone and answer a, a, a stranger's call that needs help. And you're not too big to help an associate, a team member that you know, is, is feeling down today and, and you got to talk to them. Take the time, remember your ego, be humble. And, and I think that's where the successes come in our industry.